All right, everybody, this is uh, Brandon of uh, Brandon Podcast. Um, I'm here on Think Twice with Max Schober. Um, we just had a we just had a really good conversation. We uh, we talked a lot about we talked a lot about our different point of views on work and about kind of some of the shit that I've been ranting about on my own podcast. And uh, I kind of had some self reflection. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, I'll tell you 100. percent I I was uh, I was under the influence of uh, marijuana edibles, so I was uh, I was definitely a little fucked up at the beginning of the podcast. And Max hit me out the gate with some heavy shit. It's pretty funny actually, but um, you actually get you know you, we 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 have some self-reflection and we uh we we really talk stuff over throughout the course of the podcast and um i I think it's really important to talk to people about especially people have different point of views than you about about this kind of stuff um i'll really you know i really appreciate him having me on and um and i hope you guys enjoy later Back to 48 Laws of Power. I gotta ask you, bro, what was your favorite favorite chapter or favorite thing that you remember from it? Dude, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. I read the first chapter of the book and I never got past it, but <laughs> it did fucking change my life, dude. <laughs> the it, one chapter, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, it had like it became like a prop in my life, like like just it was that book that I got from Max about fucking life. And about getting your shit together, <laughs> like like I don't know, like I, I don't know if it's even about getting your shit together, but I, that's that's what I got from it. Yeah, it's not too much. It's more of like uh, you know playing the playing the game of society and mental warfare. Roles. Yeah, exactly, mental warfare, and I loved it. I remember I read it. I was like, never gonna look at humans the same way again. Um, but you just started a podcast, right? Brandon's yeah. Podcast. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't even know how how I got like how I got on that. Like I mean, I always liked listening to podcasts, but I was never comfortable like fucking like communicating and shit. So um, I don't know. Like I I'm doing the podcast kind of as a means of getting that communication that out there. You know, getting all the shit that I've been holding inside out. Definitely. Yeah. Because um, at some point, like you just want to share what you know. You want to share the information that you have. Um, dude, so like on Amazon Prime, you can get the, like I have like this mic that I'm using just kind of like as a mobile mic. Um, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it actually. It's like a, it's called a Snowball Ice. It's like a USB mic. And it's something that'll fit like perfectly on this table if you're going to be like doing this. It's like 30 bucks on, on Amazon Prime. It's so dope. And it's funny because like I just started podcasts just to do it. You okay. know, I didn't really have a reason. I didn't have anything I want to share, but I was like... I gotta start getting my name out. I gotta start making sure people know that I exist, and I want to do something that has to do with a little more entertainment. I'm like, I'm gonna start a podcast. Well, first I did a little poll on Instagram, see if people were more interested in vlogs, blogs, or podcasts. And podcasts got a really warm reception. I think about 85 to 90 percent of the people said that they listen to some sort of podcast. And I was like, wow, millennials, like my the people following me, 90 percent are listening to podcasts. I gotta get on that, you know. And then maybe 10 years from now, it won't be a podcast, but I'll jump on whatever that is. Yeah, like I was, um, that's something that I was actually telling Eric about the other day that I noticed, like now that I'm doing this, that a lot of my friends actually do actively listen to podcasts. I only do the YouTube live stream right now. I'm not on any other platforms. So I'm we're just, like opposites. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm only on YouTube live, but a whole bunch of people have asked to, like for iTunes, Spotify and all that. We're working on rolling that out pretty soon, but, um. Yeah, like it, it, it's pretty interesting to, to learn that a lot of your friends and shit are, are interested in podcasts. And so, whatnot. can I make a suggestion for you? Yeah. 
the YouTube is the hard part because you need video, you need everything else. Get the Anchor app. That's what I use. All I do is I record it on my microphone and uh, I can upload it to Anchor. I can add background music on there. Now the editing software for it is not great. I kind of outsource that to different tools, but Anchor will upload your podcast to like 10 different platforms. So all I have to do is upload it to Anchor and then it's on iTunes podcast app. It's on Podcast Addict. It's on, uh, I think, Spotify and SoundCloud. It just does it all for me. It's really niche. Check it out. Yeah, that's interesting. I use um, Libsyn. Um, yeah, it's it's super complicated. I should get on what you're talking about. It sounds more user friendly than super whatever I use. Yeah, um, yeah, but just like you said, like the video shit. Like I, I'm surprised at how good I got at that. I, I guess I'm not really that good at it yet, but you know, like it, 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 it picked was, it up right away. Yeah, like it was relatively easy. Like we're still kind of working out the kinks right now. Like Eric's been helping me out a lot with all that stuff. Say what's up, Eric? What's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, he's been helping me with uh, honestly everything. <laughs> like with this podcast, like he's been doing all my social media shit. He's been, you know, he's been helping book guests. He's been doing all. Like he's actually going to start doing all the audio kind of engineering for the podcast as well. Yeah, I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I'm I'm not that great at it. It's it's pretty complicated for me. So I'm gonna outsource that to my boy here, and you know he'll get it done. And one thing that we're learning is uh, kind of what you can and can't say according to the political correctness. I was listening to your podcast, and you were like, <laughs> I said something, and then I saw Alex looked at me, and he was like, you know, I don't know, I didn't know he was gonna say that. I didn't mm-hmm. know he was gonna go that far with it. But that's the thing that we haven't really had to face in our lifetime is that political correctness. It's super weird, dude. Like, yeah, like, I mean, for me, it's it, it's a big it's a big thing for me. I mean, like, I, I gotta say whatever I gotta say. Yeah, that's one thing I like about you is you're a straightforward guy. When you got something on your mind, you'll say it. Yeah, like I try to at least, you know, like I try to be I try to be as honest with people as I can, and I hope that like that just kind of bounces back at me. I hope people are pretty honest with me, and I, I find that like like as I as I you know kind of pursue that thought process. It, you know, it's true for the most part. You know, if you're if you're honest with people, if you're just giving it straight to people, people are gonna give it straight back to you. And you know. that's how you prefer it. Exactly. A lot of people they don't want the truth. They want it the easy way or the coded way, like uh, sugar coated. Or as I'm, I'm gonna tell you exactly what I think. I expect you to do the same. You know, that's the way it should be because a clean line of communication. Um, so so far, I mean, when you first thought about doing the podcast, I'm assuming you were kind of scared to do it, right? Super nervous. Yeah, yeah, people are terrified of like doing something new. It's super awkward. Like, like whenever I first started, like the worst part of it for me was like getting the headphones on because I got like the whole setup with like the headphones and shit. Like listening to myself in the headphones, it's super weird. Um, I've never, uh, dude, I've never been able to fucking communicate well. Like I've never been able to talk to people, especially about like like real personal shit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I bottle all that shit up. Um, so it's it's been it's been pretty interesting to me to see how. You know how much I'm able to put out there of myself and how, how comfortable I am at, at this point in my life like you know I've been through a lot of shit kind of you know in and out of my life and you know I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just not I'm not willing to, to, to bottle anything up anymore I gotta let it all out I, I've dealt with way too much stress in my life and, and it's been interesting to see through this podcast that I'm actually a lot better at communicating than I thought once I just you know, let let it go. So it's almost like a a tool that you can use to kind of relax yourself, get something out, um, almost like a vehicle, a vehicle that you can use to, to get those emotions out. Yeah, I was just telling my lady the other day, it's it's, it's kind of therapeutic. Like it's it's therapeutic in a way to just 
to just record it, put it out there, and you know, whatever people have to say, you know, good or bad, you know, I let that be. And it, it's interesting to just kind of like put put yourself out there like that. Um, especially like, you know, on my podcast, I, I talk about some deep shit, you know, I talk about like straight away first episode, you, know, you, you start to hear like some deep themes in the podcast. And um, I, I don't know, it, it, it's just been so interesting for, for me as a person who's always, you know, had problems communicating with people, you know, just just putting on my putting on my shit out there like that. I, I just I don't know, I, I don't have anything to hide at this point in my life. And, and I and I feel like I've hit a lot. So um, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I just want, I don't know, I just want people to know the real me. I want people to, to, to understand what's going on in here and like, you know, why I am the way that I am and, you know, I just, I just want people to get it. Yep. That's a huge thing with my podcast too, is I like to bring guests on just to kind of share their story. And the reason why I want them to share their story is because that's somebody most people would have never met, but just by listening to the podcast, they kind of get a little bit of feel what's going on in their head, how they view things, maybe the outlook that they have on life. That's a really powerful tool that is really only available to human beings, you know? A human being, they have sympathy and empathy, so if I know more about you, I can kind of put myself into your shoes and see, okay, maybe this is why he sees it this way. Whereas a cat, I'm not too sure how much empathy a cat has, right? A cat kind of is just yeah. a cat. Whereas a human, we can put ourselves in someone else's shoes. We can try to feel what they feel. And that, that's a really powerful tool that is really only available to us as far as we know. Now, uh, one thing that uh, I like you were talking about is, uh, I think you were talking to Alex on one of the podcasts, mm-hmm. and you guys were talking about Fox um, Restaurant Concepts, Yeah, and uh, you had some negative comments to say about it, not all negative, um, but he had very positive things to say, and you said, you know, when one of my friends enjoys what he's doing, I'm really happy for him, um, if, if uh, he's in that rat race and he likes it, like, all power to you. And the phrase that I'm pointing at here was you said rat race. I really like the phrase rat race for a few different reasons. So what is kind of your view? Can you explain what you think of when you think rat race? I mean, like I, I've worked a lot of different jobs in my life. You know, I've worked, uh, I've worked some more corporate sales jobs. I've worked a uh, line cook at a restaurant, you know, just trying to work my way up that ladder. And, you know, I guess, you know, that there's just this grind with, you know, those front, whenever you get in those real frontline jobs, you know, whenever you're the line cook, you're the uh, account level. manager, yeah, entry level jobs, you know, there's this, there's this grind because there's this ladder that you're, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to climb up. I mean, obviously you want to be the person making the most money and doing the least work, obviously. You want to be like, at, you want to be at the top whenever you're in those positions, at, at least I found, you know, for me, like, like that, that, that's what I got out of those, out of those different jobs. And, you know, I guess like that's, Whenever I think about the rat race, I just think about you know the, the grind, you know, trying to trying to climb that ladder, trying to get that next that next position, trying to get up, trying to get uh, trying to get less work under your belt, trying to you know just trying to be that person. So you think as you move up, your workload becomes less and your pay becomes more? You know, I've found that that can be the case. You know, it can be. You know, in some in some of the places that I've that I've worked, I found that that can that can be the place definitely. Cool. And uh, how do you get out of the rat race? What's the way out? You know. Um, well, you know, like I, I realized, I realized throughout you know years of working these different these different entry level jobs that I don't know. Through, from my point of view, a lot of the people that were moving up weren't necessarily moving up, you know, hundred percent on hard work, hundred percent on 
you know, just getting your job done right every time, 100% on, you know, helping out even whenever you don't want to. Like, a lot of it was, you know, that ass kissing, man. It, it's just ass kissing. Like, it, like it, you know, at least a lot of the places that I've worked, that, that's, what I've, that's what I've experienced. I've experienced, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's something that I've thought a lot about from jumping, you know, from job to job over the years. I, I've just found that you know I, I've always been a, I've always been a real hard worker and I've always you know I've always thought that that was a real good thing and um, I, I haven't found that uh, I, I found that whenever I've been more willing to how do I explain whenever I've been more willing to you know I guess like I said kiss ass whenever I've been more willing to uh, suck up to the manager suck up to the sous chef suck, suck up to the supervisor whatever it may be you know. There, there's a positive correlation there with the things that would happen to me in the workplace. Whenever I was unwilling to do that, there was a negative correlation. Okay. So, again, the name of the podcast is Think Twice because I do like to get people to think twice. Okay. Uh, a few things that I just got from you is you said you were always the hard worker. You would always do your job correctly, right? Yeah. Now, people that are getting promoted in the industries, their position changes a little bit, right? They're no longer doing the same exact job. They're doing something a little different. Yeah. Right. Now, there's a difference between doing the hard work versus doing what's necessary in order to be in a different position. Uh, now we get to the suck ass, um, the kiss ass, the the brown noser. Now, that's one way to look at what they're doing. That's one way to see what they're doing. They're brown nosing. They're kissing ass. A lot of them they are. But the important thing is that they're building a relationship with the person who's in charge. So they're building a relationship. Some people do it by kissing ass. You don't have to do it by kissing ass, but you do need to have a relationship with them because they need to know that you are not only willing, but you're capable to uh, move positions. You're capable to adjust. You're capable to take on more responsibility. They won't know that unless they're communicating with you and you have, and the only way to communicate with them is to have a relationship where you can communicate with them. Make sense? Yeah. So with hard work versus what's necessary, because I used to be the same way where I think, okay, I just need to work really hard all the time at whatever I'm doing. And I still believe that, but there's a difference between working hard and working smart, right? Working hard, most people think of more like physical labor, that type of thing. Whereas working smart is more using your brain in order to get things done and strategizing. So, um, in order to be promoted to manager, you have to show that you can kind of be in charge of a group of people, right? You're not going to be able to show that you're in, you're capable of being in charge of a group of people by cleaning dishes better than anybody else, right? You have to build that relationship with the person that's in charge of the dishwasher and then be like, hey man, so I've been doing dishes, but uh, I really want to start, you know, getting into management. I feel like I can find somebody to replace me at dishwasher and I can take on being a server or I can take on, and at that point you're promoting yourself and you're going out and telling them, hey man, like I'm ready to be promoted. So, um, and it's one thing that I notice is people feel so down on themselves because they never get their name called. But what they don't realize is they never put their name on the ballot. Your name's on the not on the ballot. Your name's not going to get called, and the only person who's going to put your name on the ballot is yourself, really. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like the thing is, is that I've had, I've had really good experiences with a lot of the managers that I've dealt with. So, like, I, I have a good rapport with, like, say, like, like any job that I've ever had. I've worked really, really hard, but I've also, you know, I've, I've been cool with everybody. Uh-huh. You know, I've been cool. I've definitely been cool. You know, I'm just. You know, I just had a I just had a hard time, you know, sometimes whenever I was working in restaurants and 
you know, I was working 12 hours a day and I was busting my ass and I was coming in early and I was staying late and I was covering shifts and all that kind of stuff. And then I would go up to my, I would go up to my sous chef and he'd and ask, yo dog, can I take a pizza home? Yo dog, can I get, can I grab a, can I grab a meal? And they tell me I had to pay. You know, kind of shit like that. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's like, difficult. Yeah, it sucks because you've been working your ass off. But at the same time, they're they're running a business, you know. And uh, if you and three other chefs each took a pizza home at the end of a long day, that's four pizzas. If you guys did that three times a week, that's 12 pizzas. If you guys did that um, three times a week for a month, that's going to add up a lot. You know, all of a sudden, that's 48 free pizzas. So they have to, I understand that they have to be strict, even though it is nice to be able to give back, but they can't afford to give out 48 free pizzas a month. Because then all of a sudden that's 500 free pizzas a year, you know? Yeah, so I guess more, so I guess I did not kind of add all the details that I should have in that, in that statement. So whenever I say that, I mean, you know, there could be days where I'd be working in the restaurant 12 hours a day, came in early, staying late, covering a shift, all that shit, working real hard. Yo, chef, can I grab a pizza at the end of the shift? No. But then there would be some days where, you know, I would be doing all that. But then I would be doing, you know, I'd be doing a little bit of the ass kissing. I'd be doing a lot of the, yes, chef, no, chef. I'd be making sure I do all, all that bullshit. I'd be, I don't know, man. You know, I don't know. You know, I get a little lost on whenever I'm trying to make, like, points like this. And, I, you know, I'm kind of going, going in and out of a couple of thoughts here. But... You know, I guess what, what I'm saying is, from my from my point of view, exactly, exactly, from my point, from of, your view, point exactly. of view, and this, I was just gonna bring us back to what I said earlier: is humans have the unique capability to see things from someone else's perspective. So what I started to practice, um, maybe a year, a few years back, is put myself in somebody else's perspective, and what would they look for, or what would they require, or what would they themselves have to do in order to achieve the outcome that they needed. So for example, if you want to be in charge of a, of a kitchen, you would have to become the person in charge of the kitchen. So it doesn't matter who you are. You could be the, the brand new chef, but everyone needs a leader. So when times are really hectic in the kitchen, that would be the time when you're saying, hey, Jose, I need you to do this over here because this isn't getting it, uh, getting done. And then uh, Keegan, you need to go over here and get this done because we need that figured out so that I can make sure this is getting taken care of. Now that guy naturally promotes himself. And then the, the manager, he sees all this going on and he says, wow, Brandon's doing a really good job running the line. I'm gonna give this guy a promotion. But you have promoted yourself already. You became what you needed to become in order to get the promotion. So that's why I try to see things from a different person's perspective. So what I try to do now is I try to see myself from the most established position I can possibly imagine in my mind, which in my opinion would be the elites of the country, of the uh, world. How do the elites look at humans? And what do they do in order to influence the world? And what matters to them? And that's what I try to picture now, but obviously because I've never met an elite, it's really hard to do, but I can still get to a certain extent into their mindset. Yeah, man, it's so interesting. So like, you know, like I've been talking a lot about, obviously, you know, you listen to my podcast, we're having this conversation right now, mostly because like, like I've been talking a lot about work lately. I've been in, you know, since I, since I quit kind of like this regular work in life, it, it's been something that's always been on the back of my mind because I... I manifested so much internal stress from having all these different jobs and whatnot. 
you know, like I guess at the end of the day, you know, I can I can talk about these I can talk about these different things that I experience, and a lot of them kind of like what you're saying. It's it's my point of view. It's my perspective. I had I had kind of I had a kind of you know personal. I had a I had a personally a very bad experience working for other people, and you know I manifested kind of a lot of different situations and stuff like that, and it's kind of. It's kind of skewed my mindset on kind of working for other people. I am definitely a bit biased a lot whenever it comes to that kind of stuff because I had a very bad experience working for others. Right. I honestly don't know what it what it ever was. You know, like I, I would always work hard. I would always make sure I was doing my job and everything. I was never a slacker. I was never a bullshitter. I always made sure I did a good job working for others. But something in the back of my mind was always just like, when am I getting the fuck out of here? Right. When the fuck am I getting out of here? And I would, agree, I would agree that most people in corporate America have that same mindset. They're going to put in their hours, however many hours they need to put in, and then at the end of the day, they're ready to get clocked out, you know? Or as once you... Well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I'm really lucky to where I enjoy what I do. And it's, it's amazing. No, right, it's really nice. And it, you no longer feel like you have to be there. You feel like you get to be there, you know? But it's a little different because I'm working for, basically I'm working for myself. I'm working for my own agency, my own my own business. And there's a certain pride in that. And when you know that you're working for someone else to get built up and you're not getting the recognition that you desire, it wears on you, right? Now you've had bad experiences in the past. So um, what I was gonna bring up is, you were just doing uh, some reflecting right now. You were saying, you know, I've had bad experiences in the past. What I like to do is whenever I feel pain, I try to reflect because pain is energy, you know, um, yeah. you need energy to do anything. So pain is a source of very powerful energy. So when I feel pain, when I'm in a bad time, I reflect and I look back and I think, okay, what made me feel that pain? What made me feel that discomfort? And then I reflect and then I say, okay, what changes can I make in order to change the next outcome? So I'm constantly adapting. So every time something makes me feel bad, I reflect, okay, what can I change? And I adapt. Every time something makes me feel good, I reflect. And I said, okay, what made me feel good so I can do it again? And I repeat. So it's kind of just like do it over and over and over again. You look back on past. Now you're like me, you're a marijuana smoker, right? Oh yeah, dude, I popped edibles before I came here. Yeah, nice, my guy, you're ready to go. So um, <laughs> most people, they smoke weed or they eat edibles to kind of relax or chill or watch a movie, that type of thing. I use it specifically to reflect. And I haven't met anyone else that does that where it's specifically to reflect. But what I'll do is I don't smoke very heavily anymore. Uh, I did in college, it was a daily thing. And at that point, it's a, it's a problem. When it's a daily thing and I felt like I needed it every day, it was a problem. Uh, how I use now is uh, occasionally, whether it's once a week, whether it's a couple times a month, whether it's two or three times a week. But when I use it, uh, when I smoke marijuana, I specifically like use it to reflect back on my past experiences over the last month or over the last few weeks. And then that gives me so many ideas that I use moving forward. It's one of the greatest tools that I've come across. It's really like self-awareness, like medication. That's awesome, man. Yeah, well, it's so funny because we're complete opposites. So like, whereas you use marijuana to reflect, I actually need a clear head to reflect. So I, you know, I, I'm a pretty regular user of marijuana. Like I, I you know, like we, we have a morning smoke session at home. We have a nightly smoke session at home. Usually, you know, throughout the day, it's pretty, you know, 
clear-headed and not smoking while I'm out driving and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I use it. I use it more for medicinal purposes. I would say more more so for you know like inflammation, stress, anxiety, stuff like that. It definitely helps me in all those areas. But um, I, I more or less agree, kind of with with you know you should you probably shouldn't be high all day. I mean, right. it's probably not necessary right. for, for for a lot of people. It's not it's not a positive effect on you. It's a negative effect on you. And I do believe medical marijuana has positive and negative effects on you. When people say that there's no negative effects to marijuana, they're blatantly lying. There are many negative effects to marijuana. We just choose to ignore them. I choose to set those aside because the benefits I achieve from them short term are worth it, in my opinion. Um, well, yeah, marijuana is one of those things, man. I don't think it should be illegal. It's kind of ridiculous you get locked up, given a given a felony for a plant that's never killed anybody. Yeah, it's super weird, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I personally, like, as far as, like, all that government shit goes, I just think that you just shouldn't be worried about what people are doing like that. You know, if people want to smoke weed, just let them yeah, smoke it's weed. Just like, what, what the fuck ever, man. Like, it's really dope that uh, we're making those steps. We're making those progress towards kind of more of a legalization. It's a lot less harsh now. Like, people used to get locked up for 10 years because of having weed, you know? Now it's like, okay, you just stop on the wrist. Don't do it again and go get a medical card. Yeah, I, I was like 11 and I got like arrested for having a fucking just like a little roach, dude. Yeah. I got arrested in strip search for having a little roach. I was at school, but you know, like... I would probably, if I was a cop, I'd probably arrest an 11 year old for having weed too, just because, you yeah. know, you don't want to be smoking that early. But, you know, he shouldn't get a felony or something like that. Yeah. I, I got that off, luckily. Nice. And then uh, you say you've been working in the kitchen, but one, uh, another thing that you brought up, um, you're very observant of people. Um, what are some things that you observe? Because I feel I'm, I'm very observing too, but I observe in Max's way. So, how does Brandon observe humans when he's sitting around? You know, a lot of the people, you know, especially now that I'm driving for like like Uber Eats and like I'm doing that kind of stuff, I see a lot of people. So like a lot of the people nowadays that I that I that I look at and I observe and I kind of think about kind of throughout the days are people at restaurants, restaurant employees and stuff like that, which is which is pretty interesting because I used to work in the kitchen and now I'm kind of seeing it from a different perspective. Um, more more so as like a spectator than anything because I'm not a customer or the worker. Um, I notice. Well, one thing I noticed is that a lot of people are real unhappy with their jobs. A lot of people are real unhappy. Um, I, from from there, I noticed that it, there's probably not a like a clear cut answer to like like what a lot of these people can do because you know like these jobs do need to be filled. You know, someone needs to do them, and there's a lot of people who need jobs. So you know, whatever. But um, that's something that that that's something that I really do notice in people. I. I like to look at, I like to make eye contact with people. I like to, whenever I'm observing people, I like to see what, I like to see what, you know, like, like what, what, what are their eyes telling me? You know, you can, you can read a lot with just looking at people in the eyes. What are you getting off me right now? Right now? Boner, dog. Fucking <laughs> 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 beautiful. No, I'm, but, you know, like. I look people in the eyes. I don't know. Like, it, you, you learn a lot about... I often find that, you know, people get really shocked whenever I whenever I walk up to them and I look them in the eyes and I smile and I just say hi. You know, like, whenever I, whenever I go places and I look at look people in the eyes, smile, say hi, oftentimes people don't know how to react to Very that. Very weird, right? I was just thinking about this. Really weird. Yeah. Uh, let's see, it was Sunday morning, so it was yesterday morning. I was out on a run. I was running up the canal from... Oh, which brings me to my next point. 
Uh, I thought it was funny that you were mentioning 19th Avenue and Camelback in 2017. <laughs> that is literally my neighborhood. Um, but anyways, it's mine too. It's yeah. mine too. <laughs> it's fun over there, dude. I, I got it's some wild. stories. <laughs> but yeah, I run that canal starting off on like a 22nd Avenue in Indian School. I start on that side. It's just um, just east of the 17, and I run that day. I ran till about 12th Street, and I ran back. So you pass a lot of people along the way that are also mm-hmm. running the canal. And I noticed almost nobody would say good morning or hello. Mm-hmm. So I just made it a point. Every single person I um, run by, unless they're busy or something, I'm going to say, hey, good morning. And then I was like, and I'm going to do it again the next time, and again the next time, and again the next time. Because right now, people are almost trained to be antisocial. They're trained not to say good morning. They're like taught that it's weird. And I feel like it's such an easy change to just say good morning to everyone. It would be more of a sense of community. Everyone would feel more um, like comfortable. And it would only it would only work if everyone started doing it, you know. But like if everyone listening right now, next time you're out walking down the street, if you said hello to every single person you pass, as long as they're not really busy, um, or if you just smiled at them and said good morning, that's a really important like aspect of being a human being is just like spreading love and spreading good, you know. Because right now it's almost like we have a we have our energy and then we have a wall around our energy, and there's no infiltrating that wall whereas if we could take that wall down and maybe spread some good energy to each person we would not only help ourselves feel better but also the other person too yeah like and i i i'm kind of doing the same thing you know like like i i, I go out every day and i kind of make it a point and and i talked about this on the podcast the other day actually but this exact subject i i, I make it a point to, to be nice to people to just, you know, like, I, I'm good, you know, like, I'm, I'm happy right now, like, like, I'm happy with life right now, like, I, I, I'm in a good place right now, so, you know, like, I, I go out there, and, you know, sometimes you experience real nice people, sometimes you experience real shitty people, and, you know, e- either or, I'm just nice to them, just fucking, just spread, just spread a little bit of positivity, you know what I mean, I, I don't know what the fuck this person's going through, I don't know what people are going through, right. you know, I just, you know, I just fucking smile because I'm fucking happy. And whether you're happy or not, you know, that's your business. But I'm going to be fucking happy right now. I'm not going to be walking around the streets fucking mad at the world. Yeah, you're a source of good energy. I try to be. Positive energy. You know, why not? Exactly. I might fucking die tomorrow. You know, this is is something I've been thinking about a lot, man. I might fucking die tomorrow. I might die tonight on the way fucking home. I want my last interactions with people to be good. Mm -hmm. You know, I I want the people that saw me last to fucking have good things to say about me and to not think I'm a fucking dickhead. That, that would be nice, because I think a lot of people die fucking shitty. Miserable. Miserable. Fucking mad at the world. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be. And uh, like you were saying earlier, with people being unhappy with jobs, that's a, a big part to do with it, you know? Somebody will work a job that they hate for 40 years, and they, at the end of the 40 years, once they're old, they're, they have so much regret, and they're miserable. And I think it has a lot to do with settling and, and being comfortable. You know, most people that do a job that they hate because they're too afraid, too shy, whatever it is, um, to go out and find something else. And it's really weird because you never know what you want because you don't have it. So how could you possibly know what you want if you haven't experienced it yet? So one thing I found back when I was really like trying to find my way and I was like, what am I going to do in life? I don't have anything that I like. Like, I don't know what to do. You just start looking. And you start like reading things that catch your interest and then it leads you to another thing and then maybe okay that thing didn't work out too well but it got you on the right path and then you start looking into something else 
and that's something else. And maybe you run with that for a year, and then after a year, you're like, yeah, this I got a lot of good experience for this, but it wasn't for me. I feel like most people are too impatient to go through that journey. And it's a, there's like a, the hero's journey. You know, the hero's journey is like an old story, basically, where a hero is going to go through trials and tribulations, and they're going to fail, and they're going to learn lessons, but at the end of the day, they're going to get their goal. And sometimes you don't know what your goal is up front, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, like I, for so many years, you know, I've been trying to figure out what I'm, what I'm going to do. You know, like I, 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 I've worked in restaurants and I thought I was going to open a restaurant one day. I thought that that was going to be the thing that I was going to do. And I thought at some point there was going to be a, you know, a, a switch that flipped in me and I was going to go out and pursue that dream and get that done. There's been times where I thought that I was going to be you know, a salesman and I was going to, I was going to go out and sell insurance and open my own agency and do stuff like that. You know, there's been times where, you know, I've been motivated to move up in a call center and, and I thought that, that, you know, I wanted to be a fucking manager at a, at a company. I just wanted to be a manager and supervise people. There were, you know, there, there's been, and you know, there were times where I wanted to be a, a chef at a restaurant and, you know, like the, the, there's been, there's been this long journey over my life of me trying of me trying different things and figuring out that you know what works and what doesn't and and you know like and for all the bitching I do about about jobs about corporate America about all this stuff you know one thing I'll say at the end of the day and I do you know I talk about my you know my family and shit at home you know after I do the podcast is that you know, I'm, I, I quit, you know, I guess, I, I, I guess I, you know, I, I care about this stuff, but you know, I, I quit. I, I, am going out and I'm pursuing my fucking dreams. I'm pursuing my fucking passions. I'm, you know, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make things happen for myself. I'm trying to be more in control of my financial future, of my financial future, my destiny. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a better life for my family. I'm trying to, you know, there's, there's a lot I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure out more about myself. I'm trying to communicate better. I'm trying to let my family know more about me. I'm trying to let people in, you know, like there's a lot of things going on here. And I think that, uh, you know, I've had a, I, I haven't had the easiest life. And I think that, you know, if there's anything that, you know, people can learn from, you know, listening to me and listening to, you know, even the anxiety in my voice that I carry throughout life and, and, and listen to the things that I tell you and listen to the stories I tell and, you know, all that stuff, you know, anything, if, if you can get anything from me, it's that, you know, I haven't had the easiest life in the world, but I'm trying at least to make, to make good of what I got. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make good of the time that I have now. I'm trying to go out and pursue my dreams, my passions, because, you know, and anybody can do it. You can, you know, you can figure it out. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be fucking driving for Uber or anything like that, but you know, it's, it's actually something that, that's helped me, that's helped me get out of regular working life. It has helped me get into the position where I have more free time to spend with family more free time to work on passion projects like the podcast and more time to to be a good person and to not be stressed and anxious from having to be on the clock at eight o'clock every day you know what I mean like there's a lot that's been going on for me you know since I since I started doing this podcast and there's been a lot that's been going on with me since I quit regular working life as far as like you know self-reflection and and all that and especially like you know being observant of, of my surroundings and the people and, and my interactions and whatnot definitely do you do any meditation at all i don't man i don't and i i went to yoga one time with my lady and i thought it was going to be so dope and i thought it was going to be part <laughs> of my life and i thought i was going to be meditating by now yoga but was I a workout, man. 
Yeah, yoga is a workout. <laughs> it actually kind of stressed me out, man. Like, like whenever I was, uh, we did aerial yoga, so I was up in the, uh, I was oh, up wow, in the, that's really tough. yeah, the, I don't know what they call it. What is that, a sheet? Is that, is that a sheet that you're, that you're in an aerial yoga? Uh, I have no idea. You didn't go. Yeah, he didn't go. Some, one other friend of ours went with us, but I was up in the sheet, and there's a point where they turn down the, uh, they turn down all the lights, they turn off the music, and the the, uh, the yoga instructor you're laying down in the sheet kind of like you're going to sleep and the yoga instructor comes under you while you're hanging and like adjusts you and dude she was rocking me man she <laughs> she felt something in me she felt this she felt fucking 20 23 years of fucking stress and anxiety she felt it all in me and um i thought that yoga was going to become part of my life and i was going to be meditating but never went back it wasn't for you it wasn't for me yeah. But um, there, there are other things. That, there are things I do to meditate. You know, like in a way, whenever, whenever I'm sitting down, whenever I'm cooking, especially cooking is kind of therapeutic for me. Like, like whenever I'm cooking, that that kind of is a meditation to me. You know, there, there'll be times where I'm cooking and I'll just I'll just have headphones in. And I'm listening to a podcast, or I'll just be focused on like like a YouTube video, or I'll just be listening to nothing. And you know, I'll be in the kitchen, and pots and pans are are making making a lot of noise. And my, my hood is, is making a lot of noise and you know there's a lot going on and I'm, I'm kind of in the zone I'm kind of in like that uh, that that flow state you know that that, that matrix dog like I'm kind of in that and that's kind of like a like a meditation time for me and everybody kind of lets me do my thing everybody lets me just sit in the kitchen and cook and they call me when it's my turn to, to take a hit and they <laughs> you know and they and they let me do my thing and they know when Brandon's cooking he's fucking doing his thing and just leave him alone and you know, it's, it's that's kind of a meditation for me. So I guess you know, if I'm really thinking about it, like cooking is kind of my meditation. Yep, and that's uh, one of those things that a lot of people won't realize is when we think medica- uh, meditation, we think medication, we think marijuana. But when we think meditation, we think sitting still and not moving, breathing slowly, that type of thing. Um, but most people find their meditation through something else. Like last week, I had one of my friends, Luyan, he finds his meditation through fishing. I find my meditation through workouts or through, you know, smoking and writing stuff down and everyone's got a different sort of uh, meditation. Now, um, you like cooking. Yeah, I love cooking. You like talking, obviously, because you start a podcast or some other (laughs) things that you enjoy. Um, yeah, like I love, uh, I love cooking. I love talk. Uh, I kind of love talking. I, um, you know, I love watching YouTube videos. Uh, that's kind of like my, like my guilty pleasure in life like like i like i'm always watching youtube videos anytime i have an excuse to go sit in the bathroom i'm watching youtube videos whenever i'm just sitting in the in the car i'm watching youtube videos whenever i'm you know whenever i've got free time at home i'm watching youtube videos and um and th- and that's definitely a thing for me i've learned a lot of things that i know off of youtube um, that's a great educational tool. Fantastic. I love sending people videos too. Like you know, like anytime I have, like like Eric can tell you, like throughout the weeks, like I send him a lot of YouTube videos. I send anytime I have a good link, and nobody ever fucking watches them. I'm sure, but I send videos every single week. They're doing your half. They gotta do their half. Yeah, like um, but um, I, I love YouTube, man. Like you said, it's a good educational tool. Like like I've learned so much off of off of YouTube, man. It's insane. Like I've learned so much more at off of YouTube than I've even learned from school. Like I like I was never interested really in like what they were teaching in school but like I feel like I've, I've managed to become like a halfway you know like halfway decent you know competent person yeah, you're off of, yeah off of what I've learned just off of watching fucking videos and shit like that like I don't know it's interesting man it's interesting how much you can actually learn off something like that 
And uh, okay, so cooking, podcast, YouTube. So if you could make money doing anything, what would it be? Make money doing it. Like you wake up every single day, you do this thing, and you get paid for it. So not only are you doing what you love, but you're also getting to feed yourself, pay the rent with it. Ooh, all right. Let's see. Now, okay, you're thinking about it, right? I'm thinking about you it. I've never thought about it before. I've never thought about that. That's extremely important that you have to think about this because we're in the United States of America and it's a free country if you declare your own freedom. But if you don't declare your own freedom, you're going to be a slave to somebody else, right? Yeah. And you're going to be an economic slave to somebody else. Capitalism is the most beautiful thing that's ever existed because... All you have to do is find people that are interested in the same things as you are and provide them a service and you'll get paid for it. So you know that you're interested in cooking, you know that you're interested in podcasts, and you know that you like YouTube. So you need to figure out some way where watching, either making or watching YouTube videos or making or listening to podcast videos or making or sharing cooking information is gonna make you an income. And it's possible because other people have done it. The yeah, cooking guy saying. Oh yeah. That is pretty like, dope actually. I watch his YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. And he is compensated for doing what he loves. So you have to figure out, okay, I love this thing, I love this thing, I love this thing. I know every day I'm not gonna be doing what exactly what I want to be doing because I'm gonna have to like have some resistance. I'm gonna have to do some things I don't like in order to do what I love. That's the key. You have to do things you don't like sometimes in order to do what you love. But you have to figure out a way where you can implement cooking, podcasts, YouTube, whatever else you like to do into your daily life. And then you start building that following of people that are interested in the same things as you. And then they like it and they enjoy it and they get so much value out of it that they compensate you for it. So maybe you develop a cooking program, Brandon Fierro's cooking class. And people sign up for your cooking class because they love the food that you make so much. And then you share it on podcasts and you share videos on YouTube to get your name out. That's something that you could realistically go out and make money off of. You're probably not going to get rich within five years, but you have the next 50 years. You could probably get rich in the next 50 years doing that. Yeah, like, I, like I've definitely thought about it. I don't care I, about getting rich. Yeah. I, I kind of, yeah, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to not worry about paying your bills. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. like it's cool to, it'd be yeah. cool to just be like fucking, you know, like not have to worry about shit like exactly. that. Financially free. It would just be nice to be financially free and not have to worry about paycheck to paycheck. That's yeah. And like, you know, like kind of back to like what, what you said, like I, you know, I've always thought about doing something cooking related and even like to this day, like a lot of people who know me know now, now that they kind of know I'm doing, uh, you know, like I'm doing the podcast and stuff like that. A lot of people are surprised that I'm not doing something more cooking related. Um, although, you know, several times throughout the podcast, there, there, there are kind of implications that yeah, like, you know, talking like, about cooking of it. Yeah. Like, like we'll talk about ingredients. We'll talk about like, you know, we'll throw a little, little, you know, one line, you know, kind of cooking things out there. Um, I'll shout out Martinelli's apple juice. I'll shout out fucking, uh, the restaurant I buy fucking wings from, uh, shout out to hamburger works, 15th Avenue Thomas, best wings in That's fucking Arizona, dog. I saw you there one time. I ran into you. Remember yeah. That? We ran yeah, into each other. That was man. the first time in like the year. Dude, I haven't seen you by the way in uh, probably a couple years. That was the last yeah. time I saw you. Yeah, man. Nice. And it's it's fucking dope, man. And I'm so happy, man. I, I was so excited to learn that like you were doing a podcast, dude. Like that's so dope. Like I think that it's it's cool. Like and you know, like I had my friend, um, my friend Roberto on the other day, and, and he's doing uh, he's doing like a YouTube thing too. So um, like it, I it, saw his uh, vlog you did for your podcast. Yeah, it's it's so dope, man. Like it's kind of cool to learn that like you know people that I know are also similarly like kind of pursuing you know different ventures like this. 
And, um, you know, it's been kind of interesting to sit down and, like, talk to people about, you know, about this kind of stuff. Like, it's been, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And one thing I always like to bring up is business. I love business. Now, you, you probably don't see your podcast as a business, but it is exactly a business. Your whole mission for your podcast is to share information and get as many people to listen to it as possible. Just like any type of business. McDonald's, their business is to share hamburgers and get as many people as possible to get those hamburgers. So you're running a business now, and the and you've just taken the first step into capitalism, where you're running your own business, where you're no longer answering to the man. You get to do what you want. You get to talk about whatever you want on your podcast. That's a huge step that a lot of people won't take. The other day, I was uh, I messaged uh, one of my close friends, and I told her I was like, "Hey, you need to start a business. You are so talented. Mm-hmm. You have so many skills. You just need to start a business. Whatever it is." Just go out, decide you're going to help people in some way and do it better than anybody else. And her response was, I will as soon as I get a business degree under my belt. And I just thought to myself, that is the exact opposite mindset of what you need to have. Because a degree in business, it may give you a little bit of knowledge, but it's not going to it's not gonna do anything for you. It's a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper, right? What does things for you is going out and starting that podcast and going out and starting a vlog. And going out and if you really want to be a salesman, uh, salesman, going out and asking the Little League if you can sell um, Gatorades and chips to all the parents in the stands. Like, nobody needs a degree for that, which is the beautiful thing about business, is you don't need permission from anybody other than Uncle Sam. Fuck you, Uncle Sam. Yeah, but anyways, Uncle Sam. <laughs> other than that, you really don't need anyone's permission. Just go out and start doing it, which is why I'm so anti-socialism and communism is because uh, capitalism is the place to be. You can do whatever you want. As long as you're good at it, you'll get compensated. Capitalism is dope, dude. Like, like that's what I'm saying, man. Like, it would, it, like, it would fucking suck if I wasn't able to just start a fucking podcast. Yeah. Like, it would suck that if I wasn't able to just, like, make myself a business. You know what I mean? Like, that would fucking suck. So we have to Capitalism is dope. Exactly. I don't really know that much about it, but I just know it's dope. Like, fucking, I'm able to start a podcast. You know what's funny is you you are uh, born and raised in a capitalistic country, and you don't know anything about capitalism. You, we, both of us, Eric included, everyone else went to public school like I did, most likely, was bred to fail at capitalism. That kind of sucks. I, like, like, I feel like I didn't learn shit in school. You like didn't that, learn anything about money, that's for sure. For sure. Like you shit that like, I'm actually going to fucking be right. fucking trying to use. You want to know the reason why, in my opinion? is because they want you to be reliant on the man. They want you to be reliant on the person who does have it figured out because they need like foot soldiers. You called humans pawns the other day. It's exactly what they want. They want pawns that they can move and they can adjust and they can choose what square is going to. And it brings me back to that analogy where I try to think to the highest self, right? To the highest human being. Uh, chessboard, that's funny because I wanted to play chess earlier, um, but I didn't have the time. A chessboard has all the players on it, and every one of the players has a role. But none of those players get to choose, none of those pieces get to choose the outcome of anything. Yeah. Who gets to choose? The actual human playing the game. So I try to be like the human playing the game in real life. And it's almost like playing God because you decide the outcome of everything. I was having this conversation earlier where you look into the future, you picture what you want to happen, and then you make it happen. So literally, um, it's not going to happen now, but if I wanted this water bottle to get moved, I picture in my head, okay, it's going to get moved over closer to Eric. And I would say, hey, Eric, can you grab this water bottle? He comes over, he picks up the water bottle, he walks back to his seat, he sets it down, and I just made that happen. And it doesn't sound like a big deal because it's such a simple thing, like moving a water bottle, 
but we have that capability on a much grander scale. And the only problem is it takes a lot of time, energy, and effort. So my next question for you, have you ever thought about where you want Brandon Fierros? Is that the correct pronunciation? Fierros. Fierros? Yeah. Have you ever thought of where you want Brandon Fierros to be and what you want his life to look like in 10 years? You know, I, I don't sit down and think about it enough. I feel like, you know, there was a lot of years in my life though that, that I did think about the future. And eh, well, there's been a lot of years that I haven't thought about it. Let's just start with that. There's been, there's been a lot of times in my life where like now and like when I was, you know, extremely young, where I didn't think about the future too much. Um, like, you know, like nowadays, it, it's kind of on a controlled level to where, yes, I understand that the future does matter. However, I'm, you know, kind of currently in a time in my life where I'm trying to focus more about the day-to-day stuff because I feel like I've let that slip over the years. I've, I feel like over the years, I've there's been times where I've worried too much about the future to where I've let day-to-day things like, you know, relationships, friendships, you know, stuff going on at home kind of slip. So that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. The whole point of the future is so that you know what you need to be doing today. It's not to ignore today. It's to know what you need to be doing today. So if 10 years from now, uh, we'll go back to wanting to own a restaurant example. Yeah. That's a pretty good example. Uh, say you did really and you knew you just wanted to own a restaurant in 10 years. It would be good for you to move your rank up in a restaurant. It would be good for you to earn your way to manager and to talk to the owner, figure out how he runs that. And then in 10 years from now, you'd probably make that happen. But then you kind of figured out, okay, maybe this isn't for me. I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. You have to keep trying those things, but you're not going to know what to try unless you sit down and you say, okay, 10 years from now, Brandon's going to be 20 or 33. What do I want 33-year-old Brandon's life to be like? What kind of things do I want to be doing on a daily basis? And then at that point, you're going to have a better idea of what to do today in order to get there. Because if you want to be flying an airplane in 10 years, then obviously your today, day-to-day would have to change, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you don't want to be flying an airplane. You haven't thought about what you want to be doing in 10 years. So you don't know what to do today. So all you can think about is getting through today, getting through tomorrow, getting through the next day, one day at a time. But once you have a vision of where you're going to go, then you can create a map for yourself, ask other people that are where you want to be to help you create that map. And then every single day is like a step closer to it. Instead of being on a hamster wheel, where it just keeps spinning. Definitely. Now you're on a staircase. At times, that's how it's felt. At times, it's felt like I was on a hamster wheel. It's felt like, you know, like there's kind of just like kind of no end. It's it's routine. It's going back and forth. It's going, you know, it's going round and round. And um, I think that whenever I did end up, you know, like kind of quitting my job to pursue like kind of doing the podcast, that was a, that was a big turning point kind of in my life because it's always been, you know, like I'm going to quit the job I'm unhappy at and try to find a job where I will be happy. And then I would end up finding myself in the same cycle of, you know, being unhappy with that job and wanting to find something else. When all along, I kind of, I always knew that I just... You needed to make a change in the cycle. I had to do something. I had to to throw a wrench in there. Are you happier now? I'm so much happier now. It's because you made a change, right? Most people are afraid of that change. One of the, I know you didn't read the book, but one of the uh, 48 Laws of Power is never change too much at one time. It says preach the need for change, but never change too much at one time because people can't handle too much change at one time. And I see it in my daily life. Part of the reason why I love the book so much is because it's so relatable to not only my life, but the life that I observe other people living. If I try to, uh, if I want to go on a diet, I'm 300 pounds and I want to go on a diet. 
If I tell myself, okay, tomorrow I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm only gonna eat salads and vegetables and fruits and only natural foods, and I'm gonna work out for three hours and I'm not drinking soda, I'm only drinking water, it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen, it's too much change overnight. But if I said, okay, I'm gonna take my first step towards getting in shape tomorrow, I'm gonna quit drinking soda. That you can do. Quitting drinking soda, you can do. Changing your entire life overnight is not gonna happen. Once you've quit drinking soda for a week or two weeks, okay, now I'm gonna have a salad um, every day for lunch. Now you've changed two things. And you just keep on adding to it, it keeps compounding, and then the change is just gonna completely change your life eventually. Yeah, like there's been a couple of big changes for me like this past year, um, mostly related to work, obviously quitting my job, and then my diet. So like kind of like over the years, like I've kind of like went up and down in weight. Um, at times it's, made me feel really unhealthy. At times it's made me feel kind of like more insecure and, and whatnot. And so I, I, I had to make a choice like like earlier this year, like what I was uh, I was thinking about my weight. I was kind of pushing 200 pounds. I, I was feeling heavy. And nice bro, way to talk shit on about 215. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to the gym though. So fucking, um, you know, I was, I was pushing 200 pounds. Um, I was feeling a little heavy. And um, I knew that I needed to change something and I was kind of thinking about what I was going to do and I was telling everybody at home that I'm going to cut out this, I'm going to cut out that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week, I'm going to do this. I, I was kind of like overcommitting to a lot of things in regards too much change. and it was too much change overnight, kind of like you were saying. So, um, you know, eventually after, you know, kind of stumbling with that and, you know, figuring out that, okay, this doesn't work, we need to do something or it's just not going to happen. Um, I um, luckily I found kind of more information about like uh, intermittent fasting. So like like I've been working on that like over the past like six months or so, and um, you know I I took out having like a target weight loss goal. I took out kind of doing all this stuff. I just kind of make sure that I eat a lot more whole foods, a lot more vegetables, stuff like that, a lot more green shit, and I um, and I and I watch how much food I'm eating, and I and I and I don't overdo it all the time. And I, and I kind of make sure that I'm, you know, at least practicing like a, like a responsible like eating habits within like the realm of possibility. We still eat pretty good, but we eat, you know, healthy. If we're going to eat a lot of butter, it's going to be grass-fed butter. If we eat a lot of, you know, dairy, it's going to be grass-fed milk. It's going to be, you know, if, we, if we're eating steaks, it's going to be good beef. It's going to, you know, like kind of, we're eating whole foods, we're eating good shit. That's the best way. Yeah, and like, and I've noticed, um, and you know, I was just telling them at home, at home I, uh, I had, got on the scale the other day and I dropped, you know, like 15 pounds over the last two months and it's been super dope and I feel great. And, um, like I said, you know, we're, we're taking this trip to Asia next month and, um, it's kind of cool that like, you know, like I'm not carrying around all that extra weight because I'm going to be doing like a little bit of backpacking and, um, you know, like, uh, you want to be in shape for that kind of stuff. So it's like, like, I feel a little bit better about, um, you know, about how things have been going with like my health lately. Your confidence level goes up, your energy levels go up and you just feel more like uh, you feel more alive on a daily basis. You know, you don't feel groggy and heavy. I've been in the same spot where I was, you know, 230 pounds and I was drinking too much beer every night. I was eating terrible. And then I just started making one change at a time and then you start feeling better. You start exercising and then all of a sudden all those small changes add up. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of it's about control. Like, I mean, yeah. even Eric here, like, like something that I noticed about him is, yeah, like since he moved in, um, and you know, he's my roommate, so like since he moved in, he, um, you know, he's actually like, like, like he used to like drink a lot, and like, but like now he, you know, he barely drinks now. Like, like you know, like now we like we used to always have beer at the house, but like you know when he first moved in, but like you know like now like especially over like the past like six eight months, 
you know, he's really like, like kind of like managed the alcohol consumption a lot. And um, I think he finds that, you know, he's kind of told me that like he's found that it's kind of been better for him. Oh, yeah. And then it's cool. It's all about control, though. You know, like these things are all about control. It's like you don't have to cut out alcohol completely. Just fucking just watch it. Right. And, you know, as long as you do that, then like you can still like indulge every now and then. And you can still enjoy it every now and then. Maybe you'll waste it on a Friday night if you need to. Exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, like, uh, you know, stuff like that's been cool. Stuff like seeing my weight kind of like stay like at a manageable level and me feeling better overall, like health wise has been cool like um seeing like you know like since quitting my job like my stress and anxiety even though i'm still there like i got a lot of shit like i mean even doing this podcast you know like even coming on your podcast this is the first time i'm doing something like this so um you know i do my own podcast and that has its own nerves to it but like you know beginning of this podcast you know like i was uh, my edible hit my anxiety hit everything hit at the same time i was so happy to see you and um you know like you know like now it's like you know it's like it's like nothing, man. Like it's, it's been enjoyable, right? It's been dope, man. And that's the cool thing about life, man. It's everything's like that at first. It's scary. It's terrifying. It's really hard. You have to force yourself to do it. But once it's being done, you enjoy it and you're glad you did it. You guys, thanks for listening. Think twice. Showtime. Out.